0: That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Tonight, President Zelensky's impassioned plea to Congress, invoking 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, begging for help and a no-fly zone, plus the new military equipment and millions of dollars in aid President Biden is promising Ukraine. Via satellite with his country in the crosshairs, the president of Ukraine brings lawmakers to tears, getting a standing ovation. Tonight, his direct message to President Biden.
2: The leader of the world means to be
1: the leader of peace. President Biden's strongest condemnation yet, of Vladimir Putin. I I think
2: he is a worker.
1: Tonight, the Switchblade drones and Stinger missiles, he's pledging in what's being called an unprecedented assistance to Ukraine. Killed in a breadline. Nowhere is safe in Ukraine. Civilians shot while waiting for food. Plus a theater where hundreds were seeking shelter in Mariupol is bombed. Citizens taking up arms, we're with Ukrainians as they learn to fire a rifle. This 31-year-old IT specialist goes from a keyboard to a Kalashnikov. it can be a question of life. Rising costs, truckers paying more to fill up, the price of diesel up more than a dollar in a month. What that may mean for your grocery bill horrific van crash. A deadly accident kills nine people, including seven members of a college golf team. What we're learning tonight about the victims and how a lemonade stand helped a family separated by war.
2: This is the CBS
0: Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the nation's capital.
1: Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night. The war in Ukraine is now entering its fourth week with attacks on civilians like we have never seen before. In a historic and emotional speech to Congress, President Zelensky begged for the United States to do more. The former comedian has risen to this moment in history, and as The Economist wrote today, a man who used to entertain the nation has become its voice. He cited Pearl Harbor and the September 11th attacks in his appeal to members of Congress, and he played this heartbreaking video of Ukraine and its people before and after the Russian invasion, showing the brutality of the airstrikes on civilian targets. For the first time today, President Biden called Vladimir Putin a war criminal. Zelensky asked again for a no-fly zone, and while President Biden stopped short of that, he did pledge an additional $800 million in military aid. We've got a lot of news to get to tonight from Ukraine, but we're going to start with CBS's Ouija Jiang from the White House. Good evening, Weijia.
3: Good evening to you, Nora. President Zelensky thanked the U.S. for all the support it has already provided, but he also made clear it is not enough. President Biden praised the passionate speech as convincing and significant before offering a reality check about what the U.S. is ready to deliver. An extraordinary sight today, as Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, fighting for his country's survival, received a standing ovation from members of Congress. Appearing virtually in his trademark green army shirt, Zelensky made a desperate appeal for more help we need you right now invoking Pearl Harbor when your sky was black from the planes attacking you and the attacks on 9 11 our country experience the same every day right now at this moment every night for three weeks now he also played a video showing the death and destruction unfolding across his country moving some lawmakers to tears President Biden, too, commented
0: on the carnage. Bombing apartment buildings, maternity wards, hospitals. I mean, it's, it's god awful.
3: Later, the president went even further in condemning Putin. Oh, I, I, I think he is a war coming. Zelensky begged for help, closing off Putin's main pathway to inflicting pain, the sky. Is this a lot to ask for, to create a no-fly zone zone over Ukraine to save people? Is this too much to ask? While most lawmakers agree with President Biden that a no-fly zone is too dangerous, there is a growing call to send more fighter jets, which the administration has also called too risky.
4: We're a
5: superpower, and Zelensky challenged us to act like it. Zelensky needs more.
3: In his response, President Biden did not bring up a no-fly zone or warplanes, but announced an additional $800 million in military aid.
0: We're going to continue to have their backs as they fight for their freedom.
3: The package includes U.S.-made killer drones, known as switchblades, that can target Russian tanks from miles away, plus 800 anti-aircraft and 9,000 anti-armor systems, 25,000 sets of body armor and helmets, and 20 million rounds in ammunition. In his final plea, Zelensky addressed President Biden in English.
2: You are the leader of the nation, of your great nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace.
3: Today marked the first time President Biden used the phrase war criminal to describe Putin. The White House has avoided it, citing an ongoing legal process to determine if Russia is in fact committing war crimes. Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the president was speaking from his heart. Nora?
1: Just extraordinary what happened today. Weijia Jiang, thank you. Well, the atrocities in Ukraine that President Zelensky talked about were on full display for the rest of the world today, in large part because of the work of journalists. Russian forces have ratcheted up the brutality in attacks on civilians, and the curfew put in place to protect residents in Kyiv is going to expire in just a few hours. CBS's Charlie Daggett is in the Capitol. Good evening, Charlie.
2: Good evening to you, Nora. Officials from both Russia and Ukraine have expressed optimism today that peace talks were making progress, but there is no hint of these horrors coming to an end. We warn that our report includes some images that some might find disturbing. Ukrainian officials tonight accused the Russian military of bombing this theater in Mariupol, where hundreds of people had taken refuge in the hope of some protection from the bombardment. A satellite image before the bombing shows the building intact with the word "children" in Russian lettering outside. In the besieged port city, even getting into the hospital means running a gauntlet of bombs and bullets. Inside, a vision of hell. Rescue teams stretcher in civilians of shelling faster than medics can treat them. Many already too far gone to be saved. An exhausted doctor covers the body of a three-week-old baby. Down in the basement, he says, these are all the people we couldn't save. Help, Mariupol, pleads resident Olga Budko. Children, women are being killed. Why? Genocide? (laughs) Genocide. Allegations of Russian troops intentionally targeting civilians run up and down the country. Residents scramble for cover in Skadovsk in the south. Ukrainian officials say 10 people were shot dead while standing in line for bread in the northern city of Chernihiv. Explosions echoed and plumes of smoke rose around the capital today as the Ukrainian military said its forces mounted a counteroffensive in suburbs to the north. Cell phone footage appears to capture a missile streaking across the city skies. Once again this morning, the smoldering aftermath of another apartment building that came under attack overnight as Russian forces continue to bombard the capital. The ceaseless shelling of Ukraine's second largest city of Kharkiv left a market and school in flames and left trapped residents to wonder three weeks under siege since the invasion began, whether any end is in sight. Right around the same time President Zelensky was addressing Congress, President Putin spoke publicly calling the military offensive a success. British intelligence suggests forces from elsewhere in Russia have begun to redeploy to bolster troops in Ukraine. Nora?
1: Yeah, meaning this might not anytime, end anytime soon, Charlie Daggett, thank you. Well, now to western Ukraine, which has been largely spared from Russia's attacks and has become a haven for families fleeing the violence. It's also an area where residents with no military background are taking up arms and training to defend their country. CBS's Imtiaz Tayab is in Lviv.
5: This is the most basic of training. After just four hours of learning how to fire a rifle, these ordinary citizens say they're ready to defend their homeland.
4: And then you rotate it
5: forward. 31-year-old Anastasia is originally from the capital, Kyiv. She fled to Lviv for safety shortly after the Russian invasion began, and has gone from working in IT to learning how to use a Kalashnikov. How important is it for you to get this training?
2: Uh, I hope that uh, we will not have to use it. Um,
6: But it's uh, important because it can be a question of life.
5: Ukrainians of all kinds have joined the volunteer battalions, which are fiercely resisting Russia's vastly more powerful military in ways few expected, defending the most vulnerable including those that live at this school in Lviv. These children, some as young as four, are all orphans and have developmental disabilities. They were brought here less than a week ago after fleeing brutal violence in eastern Ukraine. Yeah. Natari is a social worker here.
2: I mean, kids with a mental and physical disorder.
5: As we were talking, alarm. an air raid siren went off. <laughs> The older kids were told to run inside, while the youngest were guided by their carers, who took them into a basement classroom and tried to calm them down any way they could. Nadia is one of the teachers. What do you tell the children when they hear the noise? What do you say to them? The children don't hear the sirens from here. They are hidden, she says. We are safe here. These orphans may be among Ukraine's most vulnerable, but they are deeply cared for. (laughs) Hi. <laughs> and still managed to smile and make new friends <laughs> during the most uncertain of times now, according to the UN, nearly every second a Ukrainian child is made a refugee that's roughly one and a half million already. And many pass through here in l'viv on their way to Poland and an uncertain future. Nora Thank you
1: for focusing on the children in Tiaz. Well, tonight, we are hearing from that Russian state TV employee who staged a bold on-air protest against the war in Ukraine. In her first television interview, Marina Ovsenikova said, I absolutely do not feel like a hero. I really want to feel like this sacrifice was not in vain and that people will open their eyes. The mother of two could still face up to 15 years in prison for her actions. Well, here in the U.S., there's major economic news tonight. The Federal Reserve today raised its benchmark short-term interest rate by a quarter point. That is the first rate hike since 2018, and more are expected this year. This will mean higher loan rates for most consumers and businesses who are already struggling with inflation. Tonight, CBS's Errol Barnett reports on how record high fuel prices are stalling the trucking industry.
0: It digs into your profit. You know what I mean? I mean, a whole lot.
4: Tonight, while most Americans are gasping at gas prices, truckers are dealing with diesel.
7: $815 to fill up the truck.
4: What cost less than $4 per gallon last month has jumped to a record high above $5, slamming small transport companies. Well, if prices stay this way, a lot of people will be out of business. William Lytle says the cost of filling his truck, which can hold up to 200 gallons, means profits have evaporated. Japjeet Singh recently purchased a second truck, which he now cannot afford.
6: Whatever, I'm not just putting it on the truck and the drivers.
4: The steep prices are trickling down through the economy. More than 70% of freight is transported via truck. Now fuel surcharges are increasingly affecting the prices of everything, from groceries to building supplies, and it is a major contributor to inflation. Big fleets, small fleets, they all use diesel. Nearly everything when we go to a store or buy it online, all of that comes on a truck. That means I think all of us as consumers can expect higher prices generally. Diesel desperation is likely behind gas theft reported in California and Texas. They had a trap door in their vehicle. They would put a hose down there and uh, suck it out with the pump. Now, here in Virginia, you can see that diesel prices are above $5 per gallon. Out west in California, it is above 6 All of that really adds up. And despite regular gas prices stabilizing this week, analysts we've spoken with, Nora, expect diesel prices to continue to creep higher.
1: You really put it into perspective, Errol Barnett. Thank you. Well, we are learning more about a tragic head-on crash in Texas last night that killed multiple members of a college golf team and their coach. Two other students are in the hospital clinging to life. Here's CBS's Janet Shamlian.
8: A horrific head-on crash in West Texas. Nine dead, including six members of a college golf team and their coach, who was driving the passenger van, heading home from a competition to the University of the Southwest in Hobbs, New Mexico. Two teammates are in critical condition. The driver and passenger in a pickup truck, authorities say crossed the line into the path of the van, also died.
5: It's a very tragic scene. It's very, very tragic.
8: This is the spot where it happened. It's along a two-way highway with no lighting. The golfers were about 60 miles from their university. Tyler James was head coach of the men and women's golf teams at the university. Freshman Lacey Stone also among the dead. Today, our affiliate KTVT spoke to her grandmother, Carol Patterson, by phone. We are glad that she was doing what she loved, but her loss is going to leave a hole in our hearts. The university in a statement said, the USW campus community is shocked and saddened. Tonight, flowers and tributes arriving at the golf course and a community devastated.
6: Just about every golfer in Hobbs has personally had has dealt with those kids and they had nothing but positive reputation.
8: The golfing community and the school are small and this is a tremendous blow. Tonight, the NTSB tells CBS News it is sending a 12 member team to investigate. Nora.
1: Breaking news out of Birmingham, Alabama, where there's major flash flooding. Parts of the city got up to four inches of rain. Several people had to be rescued from flooded roads near the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Drivers were warned to avoid the entire downtown area. Tonight, fire officials in Plainfield, Indiana are looking into what caused a tremendous fire today at a Walmart distribution center. Towering plumes of black smoke could be seen for miles. Luckily, the nearly 1,000 workers in the building all made it out safely. A powerful magnitude 7.3 earthquake rattled Japan's northeast coast today off the city of Fukushima. At least one person was killed and dozens were injured. The quake was felt more than 200 miles away in Tokyo. Millions of homes and businesses lost power. The region is still recovering from that devastating quake and tsunami in March of 2011. Even in times of war, life can sometimes surprise us with a sweet story of serendipity. This one starts with a lemonade stand.
7: Here's CBS's Christina Ruffini. When brothers Axel and Oliver Langenkamp evacuated Ukraine, they couldn't take everything.
4: You're running around trying
7: to find stuff, packing your bag. They also couldn't bring their parents, diplomats at the U.S. Embassy in Kyiv. After getting the boys safely to their grandparents in California, they relocated to Poland to continue their work. I like I really miss them. So the eight and nine year old decided to put up a lemonade stand, raising money for World Central Kitchen, an organization that feeds Ukraine refugees. The response was overwhelming. And we got over two thousand dollars. Was that a surprise? Yeah. Yes. Miguel Abed is now serving those meals in Poland. He stumbled across the boys' fundraiser in Coronado just hours before flying here to volunteer.
0: What's well, an incredible coincidence!
7: They sent Miguel off with cards for their parents, which he hand-delivered to their dad, Dan.
0: Uh, a special oh my goodness message from your kids! This is amazing.
7: <laughs> it's the first mail they've gotten from their boys.
0: They really miss you. All of us have split up from our families, and we're all really invested in, in trying to, you know, help Ukraine.
7: A mission shared by Miguel, the Langen camps, and all the volunteers. I hope it will help just
3: stabilize them and just help them feel better.
0: It's a great example to replicate this, uh, this good deed that is coming together by literally people from everywhere in the world.
7: Christine Raffini, CBS News, Zeshof, Poland.
1: A reminder that everyone can help. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, Eye on America. America's heartland grows our nation's food, but the people that live there have a hard time finding it on their grocery store shelves. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, you can set that old DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm
2: Nora
6: O'Donnell our nation's capital. Good night.